RadioInfluence.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Life in a Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. What's going on, everybody? Hope everybody is having a great week, a grand week. I am. I am indeed. Listen, man. Um, May the 4th. May the 4th is coming up very, very quickly. And what... You know, there's a, there's a lot of things that are going on, particularly particularly in my neck of the woods. But I wanted to take a moment to recognize that May the 4th is the 13th annual International Female Ride Day. And I think it's important to make sure that ladies, ladies that are that are going out to ride that day, Please, please, you know, as always, as always with everybody, you know, have fun. You know, I think I think that the fact that it's I get that the day is for you, but I think every day should be International Female Ride Day. I think every day should be International Everybody Ride Day. But I do I do respect and I dig I dig the fact that this day is about encouraging and empowering female riders to get out on their own bikes and go for a ride. So please, again, 13th annual International Female Ride Day is May the 4th. If you happen to be in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania portion of the country, okay, your boy, Mr. Black Moses, is hosting his annual Shut the City Down Ride, a.k.a. the Great Cheese Steak Run. And at my ride, I make a point to give propers to the ladies that show up. I make sure that they are acknowledged because my ride obviously just coincides with International Female Ride Day. So I like to incorporate that movement into my movement for one big movement in which we all move together to go get some cheesesteaks. So if you're in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania region and you want to come hang out with your boy, Mr. Black Moses, okay, all the information is on my social media platforms, on my Facebook, on my Instagram, on my Twitter. So just dig me, check me out. Uh, that's Mr. Black Moses. And you can get all the information of where we're going, what time we're going to be there. And, you know, I encourage, I encourage all my sisters on two wheels. Please come on out if you're in the area. Uh, You know, there's camaraderie, there's fellowship, there's, you know, there's like-minded individuals that we all love. We all love these things that we call motorcycles. Hope to see you out there. Welcome to life in the fast lane, y'all. Let's ride. My guest this week is the embodiment of motorcycle joy. Let me correct that. Pure, unadulterated motorcycle joy. 
I am sure that if you were to Google the phrase living her best bike life, her photo would show up at the top of the results. True story. Please welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, my dear friend, Anna Red Spade Rigby. Hey, Alan, I'm here. What's happening? Everything is happening. Everything, <laughs> my friend. How are you? Good, good. Are Just, you uh, Are you recovered from uh, from Austin? Uh, from Austin, yes. Uh, not so much from track this past weekend, though. <laughs> now you you just went out. You had was that your first track day of the season? Yes, yes, it was Sunday. And wh- where's your now? You're Atlanta, Atlanta based. What's yes. your home track? My home track is actually Road Atlanta. We're about forty five minutes from there, so that's pretty close. But I was actually at Barber in Alabama, so about three hours away. And what track organization do you typically go out with? Uh, I love Sport Bike Track Time. They're they're uh, they're actually not the track organization I started with, but I have a lot of friends that I met that um, turned me onto it, and I loved their their system, how everything was set up. So they kind of became my family, and now I'm always with them. <laughs> Let's back it up a little bit here. Let's just back it up a little <laughs> bit. So. You know, when we first met, you know, it was, you know, red spade, red spade, and your hair was a giveaway, dead giveaway, <laughs> super red. But in fact, and, and, I, and I think you're, are you okay with people knowing your government name? Yes, yes, totally fine. And it, why don't you enlighten the listeners of life in the fast lane with, with your government name? So my real name is Anna Rigby. And that is, you know, you are married to the super cool, super cool Steve Rigby. <laughs> yes, Steve yes. Rigby, Mr. Spade. Mr. Spade. How did the Red Spade, how did that become what it is? Because before before you answer that, this is how Black Moses sees Red Spade. I see Red Spade as a dynamo because you are involved not only are you involved with, but you're capable of so much. Everything from being a writer, a writer, an influencer, a brand ambassador, and we'll get into what those words, terms mean, but you're also a creative force, um, and you're also a massive supporter of the motorcycle global community, and you've got your fingers in a couple different pies like how did so that you know what i mean that's how i see when i think of red spade i think of the empire of okay and all the things that you and all the ways that the motorcycle community benefits from your existence how did we get from anna <laughs> to red spade how did that happen believe it or not um it was a social experiment um, back before social media was really big. I mean, we had Facebook and stuff like that, but I, I remember Instagram came out and that was like back in, I think 2009, which is when I started my account. Um, and it really wasn't motorcycle focused. The name already existed. I wanted something really catchy, but unique, uh, and memorable, you know, uh, red spades don't exist. So it kind of like, it's like what? What's that? <laughs> wow, you know what? Wait, pause, pause. That's actually kind. Of, that's actually very cerebral. The fact that a red spade 
in 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 a deck of cards does not exist. Correct. So okay, I'm sorry. I just want I just wanted to let you know I'm Black Moses is paying attention. Black Moses red spade. Okay, we doing the cerebral thing. Go ahead, please. So um, when when I got interested in motorcycles, and I guess this actually stems all going back from. Um, my family, or I should say Steve's family, and actually even my family. My dad rode. My dad had two motorcycles, uh, Suzuki's, I believe. You know, and and this is crazy because back when he had them, I was a teenager and I was totally not into it. Really? Um, I was a girly girl, like totally not into it. My dad was always in the garage. Um, he was always building, fixing stuff from cars to motorcycles. And I didn't want to have anything to do with it. And then when I met my now husband, you know, his family was always riding and he got into riding and they did dirt bikes and trail riding, stuff like that. And it wasn't until like, oh gosh, I want to say 2000, late 2009 that he started, um, he got his own sport bike and started riding and I would get on the back and ride two up with him. Um, and actually a couple of his family members, they were doing track days and, and, uh, club level racing. So he would take me to that. I still remember my first, uh, AMA race at road Atlanta. And I was just like learning this, like, what is this motorcycle thing? It, it was so surreal to me because I never really, I was around them as a kid, but I never really cared much. And then when I went to track, it blew my mind. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa what are these guys doing out there? <laughs> I was like, whoa, they're, they've got their knee on the ground. They're going so fast. Like, dude, that shit blew my mind. It was completely unreal. You know, I, I had no idea what MotoGP was at the time. I didn't even know motorcycle racing was a thing. So, you know, when he introduced me to that, I was just blown away. I was like, this is awesome. And that kind of started like my interest. And I got to see all these amazing race bikes, you know, out in the paddocks. And, and at the same time I was dabbling again, I got into this whole social media thing, Instagram thing. So I was taking photos and I realized I loved taking photos of all these mechanical details and, and wheels and, and, oh, clutches and all, all the <laughs> cool little details, you know, especially on the Italian bikes. They're so pretty. Yeah. So that so that's kind of like where I started learning what what's what and and it, and I was totally ignorant to the the skills and and you know what you needed to do to ride a motorcycle. So it, it just blew my mind. I loved it. You know what the funny thing is? Is you are a, you? It's it's indicative of your level of intelligence because you are a fast learner. To go from <laughs> you know what I mean to go from. Oh, I'm not into any of this crap to where you are now. And you said 2009 is kind of when things started coming together for you in the motorcycle scope. That's 10 years, 10 years. So what you from where you began and, you know, what you have accomplished thus far, thus far, because I know knowing you wait, sidebar. Ladies and gentlemen, please understand that Mr. Black Moses and Red Spade are good friends. So we do know a lot about each other. Uh, we've had some adventures. Uh, we've had some experiences. And, you know, so knowing you on the level that I know you, when I say 
in 10 years, what you have done thus far is a sure sign that there is so much more. You have so much more in store. I know you do. Um, so, so you 2009, here we are, 2019, almost 20, <laughs> right? I almost, lost yep. my, almost lost my years there for a second. You, Time flies. <laughs> yeah, facts, big facts. So the concept of motorcycling, you, you know, I, I, if you look on your Instagram, you can see that down in Atlanta, you're at Blood Mountain when you're home, you're at the track, but then you travel so much and you're, you're involved with, I know you have your sponsors and we'll get into that, uh, to make sure, you know, you have an opportunity to give love where the love is given, (laughs) you know, it's very important, very important. But how do you describe your passion I mean, I've never, I know a lot of people, but I don't know anybody like you. You are the, I don't want to say you're just a a forever optimistic person. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think I've only seen you upset once. And I actually, we were on the phone. We won't get into the details, but (laughs) it it wasn't, we weren't in each other's company, but I knew you were upset. But even the way you were upset was like, wow, she's upset, but she's really kind of nice when she's upset. I only knew she's upset because I know her, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, we won't get, we we don't have to get into that one right there. That, that, you know, that's, that's something for another day, but you are your spirit. And your passion, you know, like if there was, if the motorcycle passion was bottled or embodied, you're the, I would picture you as the embodiment of what the motorcycle, what motorcycle joy is. Okay. I'm very flattered. That's facts. You know, I spit the truth. And that's how I, when I think about Red Speed, when I think about Anna and the things that I watch you do and how you do these things, it's like you are truly embracing your best motorcycle life. How do you feel about that? How how does that happen? How do you describe your experience thus far in our global community? <laughs> Pretty wild. And um, if you asked me, you know, when I started riding, if, if where I would be in the future or if this would be happening to me right now, I would have never, ever in my wildest dreams, like, Dude, you, you have no idea. It's, it's funny because, you know, my husband and my mom know me. And before I started riding, I was extremely shy, socially introverted, super awkward, which I'm still. I'm calling with. bullshit on that. I'm calling <laughs> bullshit. You are one of the Dude, most outgoing people no. <laughs> I know. You would need to sit down with Steve one day and he could tell you. Okay. But it, it literally like like something happened when I fell into this. and. I was so terrified of riding, you know, back, let me back it up. Even before I started to ride, um, I, the reason why I started so late, even though, so I, like I said, I got interested in 2009. I didn't buy my first motorcycle and start riding till 2012. And the reason for that is I had no idea women could do it. I didn't know I could do it. Really? I had no clue. I think I saw one or two female racers at the time. Um, Elena Myers was one of them. And there was another one too, uh, on out on a hot pit and that was it. And, and would that that have been Melissa Paris by any chance? Uh, no, she was 
local. I don't believe she races anymore. Okay. But this was like local at, at our Wera events here at okay. Road Atlanta. So hometown girl. And, um, you know, I, I never even saw women on the street riding. So it was something that not only was I scared of, I felt <laughs> I couldn't I scared do of. <laughs> women could do it. <laughs> so it, it honestly wasn't until uh, 2012 when, when I was riding with Steve, we took a trip to Deals Gap in North Carolina, very popular motorcycling of place. It's got all those crazy turns and and it wasn't until I actually ran into a female there and she was on a Dixer if I recall and she was in fully garbed out in race leathers and they were beat up to hell and she was railing it around there mm. I mean she she was one of the guys and I remember seeing her and my eyes about fell out of my head I I was so like enamored with her and I couldn't believe that there was a chick out there doing this. So I got up my nerve and I walked over to her and I struck up a conversation and she was actually single-handedly the female that told me, dude, you can do this. Like go take the MSF course, see if, see what you think about it and, and just try it. And I was like, what? Like, Really? That's, that's wait, wait, wait. Do you remember? Do you remember this woman's name? I do. Her name was uh, Deidre, I believe. Yes, Deidre. Deidre, we want to give you a special shout out. Uh, <laughs> Life in the fast lane. We'd like to give Deidre a special shout out because I don't think Deidre had any idea the yeah. what she was uh, the, the the flame that she was sparking at that time. So shout out to you, dear Deidre. We we see you. Appreciate you. Please continue. Wait, I want to ask you, what was your, what was your first bike? My first bike was a CBR 250R. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, it's it's so funny now I think back on it. There's so many amazing smaller CC bikes to choose from. But at the time, there was really only two. Um, there was the Ninja 250 and the CBR 250. And, and I wanted something that was a little bit more modern, had ABS. I didn't want, I wanted it to be fuel injected. So I didn't have a choice. I went with the Honda um, and, you know, it wasn't a sexy bike. It wasn't something that turned heads, but I so desperately wanted to get out there and ride, but I needed something small that I could handle and that, you know, if I tipped it over, which I did many, many times, (laughs) I could pick it up by myself or that it wouldn't crush me. You know, it it had to be something relatively light. Um, And and that's what I started with. And I, I think I had that bike for Oh gosh! At least I want to say almost three years. Wow! Do you do you still have it? Do you is it still in the arsenal? It is actually not. It is the only bike that I bought and have sold. Um, about I want to say a year. Well, a year into its journey with me, it ended up on track, which was actually my first track day. I did a year after I learned to ride. Nice. So, I think it was 2013, summer of 2013. Um, shortly thereafter, I turned it into a fully dedicated track bike, like got rid of all the street stuff off of it, made it, you know, lighter and, and, uh, just put race fairings on it. And it just ended up going to track. I actually ended up selling it to Chris Lilligard, um, a few years later. And it's really cool because he coaches kids on two fifties over in, uh, in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. That bike is still alive. Shout out to Crazy Chris. 
day. Yep. Crazy Chris. Yes, yes. <laughs> yep. Brat. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so to the best of my knowledge, that bike is still kicking it out there. I'm I'm super stoked because it really deserved a good life on track. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> what other bikes do you have now? Like what bikes do you have now? What's in the stable? So I have uh, two 2008 CBR 600 RRs. Um, one is my street bike, and it's pretty much all stock. And the other one is my track bike, and it's got all sorts of goodies on it. Um, it makes my street bike feel like a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, now which one is Spike? Which one is Spike? Is that is that your your street yeah. bike? Spike is my street bike, um, okay. uh, and that name actually came about from Cowboy Bebop. I'm a huge anime. Yo, that's a <laughs> cow- let me tell you, so, Cowboy. That's my daughter. I have the on on Blu-ray. Yes. The one movie that they did, I have that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Continue. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I got a little, so, like, most got a little excited. That is Spike. You yeah. got all excited. That makes sense. Oh, wow. Look yeah. at that. So I, it's funny. It's like I don't name all of my bikes, but the ones I do name, they come to me from personality or whatever I was feeling at the moment. And, and when I saw him on the showroom floor, that's what stuck out to me. I'm like, Oh my God, this is my space cowboy. <laughs> That's dope. That is very poetic. For whatever reason he's a he, because my track bike is a female and, and that's a Harley Quinn. of all things. <laughs> so. You know, I'm learning. I know I'm learning much about you. And I think what's cool is that the listeners who follow you. I think this is because this, I don't know if this gets really talked about on your social media platforms like this side or, or does it? Not much, you know, and if it does, it's like once in, you know, a mention of something here and there, but yeah, I, I don't think I've ever like really openly talked about like all of this. So it's kind of, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and, and you're, you know, Harley Quinn just got a new, what should, how should, how should we say? She has a new presentation. Yeah, she's got a new dress. Yeah, new dress, new dress. Some stilettos. Yes, she's got the poems. Yeah, I can dig it. Um, yeah. And but you did that. That was all you. Your design. Yeah. You, we yeah. should also mention what a talented. We talked about your photography, but you are an amazing artist. I don't want to just say graphic designer, but I, you know, I think it artist. You know, pretty yeah. much covers all the bases, and your design for Harley Quinn. Is that's you know anybody that looks that will go and look at your Instagram and your social media platforms and see pictures of her that design that's all you right? It is. It is. Um, it's you know it's super simple, um, but I really like simple things. It's funny. It's like I want to get all crazy creative, and then in the end, I come up with something really simple, um, just eye catching, and. And it's funny, it's like I the lines that I picked for her this time, which is drastically different from my last design, which which I also designed myself, but I had some help with that one. Um, uh, but but she's got some lines from borrowed from other makes and models of bikes. Like I, I for example, love the late um, KTM RC8. That was actually like my dream bike okay. when I started riding. I just thought the aggressive lines were so great. Um, and I kind of brought that in from going over the tank and over the side fairing. Um, I brought a little Aprilia love into there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nose. Um, and all the, like the little insets with the red gloss. Um, 
kind of is reminiscent of actually the the red bottom stiletto heels. <laughs> She's got them bloody shoes on. Got them bloody yeah. shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, now just, just had some fun with her this year. And it looks and it looks great. Um, Thank you. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So you know, I it's I want to ask you, not shifting gears, but kind of you know turning the corner. I want to mm-hmm. ask you because, in my opinion, motorcycles are sexy just because they exist. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're talking about the line work and the way you know the, the yes. you, it's undeniable that it, there's a certain there is a massive amount of sensuality in the design of particularly pretty much all current and late model motorcycles. There's a, a, there's sensuality involved with the visual aesthetics. Absolutely. How do you feel as a woman that rides? How do you feel about, I'm going to catch heat for this one. <laughs> I'm going, but you and I have kind of talked about this before, but how do you feel about what I affectionately refer to as, oh, I'm going to catch so much hell, the, the hood ornament. And by the hood, <laughs> the hood ornament, I am referring to, and I'll, I'll, I'll give it a quick point of reference. As an editor, as a publisher, I often receive emails and I'm contacted by young ladies, older ladies, women, and they send me pictures because they're interested in, in appearing in the magazine in Sport Bikes Inc. Mm-hmm. And they'll send me pictures. And there's a bike somewhere <laughs> in the photograph, but you can't really see the bike because the image is mostly of the woman and either scantily clad or sitting backwards in the pumps. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's not, you know what I mean? So for me, and the interesting thing is I will reply to those emails and I'll ask, do you ride? And a majority of them say, yes, I do. I retort. Please send me a picture of you riding your bike geared up and, you know, as you would ride. Most of them return the email with my request fulfilled. Pictures of them riding. Some of them are on track. Some of them are like, awesome. and it's great. And I'm like, that's what I will publish. Here's a profile. Send it out. You're going in the magazine. And I've asked some of them, why did you send me the other first? And their response has most of most of their responses are typically because I thought that's what you wanted to see. <laughs> so so that's my background of my point of reference for what I consider the hood ornament. The bike is sexy <laughs> as it is. There's nothing. The only thing sexier to me. I know this. I know not this conversation is turning into this, but nothing. There's <laughs> nothing sexier. What's sexier to me than the motorcycle itself is a woman that can handle her own bike properly geared up there is nothing like pulling up to the spot or pulling into the paddock and and, and seeing you know a, a woman just taking her helmet off and just that to me that that doesn't that doesn't that <laughs> properly geared up being you know if it's street riding apparel if it's track apparel and a woman that pulls up on her bike and just you know that's that that does it for me i don't need the other stuff i don't I can't front. I will be the first person to have a bikini bike wash, but you know, I'm, what are your thoughts on that? 
You know, it's funny. My my views on this have changed a lot over the years. The the core value of my view is still the same. Um, but I have I've become a little bit more appreciative and and not not as preachy and it's funny. It's like when I first started riding because I was introduced to it really through track, it was all safety this, safety that and it really was that. It was ride the motorcycle, learn to ride it, get better at riding it, you know, develop your skills. That was the focus of it. Um, my husband, you know, is the one that really, uh, taught me how to ride. So I got a lot of my viewpoints from him and he's a really unknown nonsense guy. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like women are beautiful and sexy. Uh, you know, as an illustrator background, you know, I have a huge appreciation for, for the female and both male form. Um, and then you couple that with a gorgeous motorcycle and right. it's dynamite. I mean, it's, it's the it's, perfect storm. Yeah, absolutely. So when I see beautiful, classy photos of, of women and their bikes, you know, I can appreciate that. And I love that. Um, but I also feel that there needs to be a balance, just mm. like you have a balance with everything in life. You know, if if you're going to put yourself out there, just remember uh, you know, how do you want to be perceived? And, and like you said, to me, there's nothing sexier than a female that can handle her bike. And, and even, you know, stepping back, like everyone's in a different stage where they're learning to ride. Um, you know, I meet girls that are just getting into it. You know, they're not that very good at it. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Like it doesn't matter to me how good or, you know, at whatever level you're at, if you're, inspired and you want to, you know, push forward and, and continue to get better at it. That to me is sexy and amazing. Like you don't have to be, you know, knee down, backing it into a corner for me to be impressed. Like, I just want to see that spark and that, that, you know, that, that the girls are out there actually doing it because it makes them happy inside. It makes their heart smile. That's why I ride. You know, all the pretty photos aside, let's be honest, we're girls. We like to feel pretty and sexy and, and you know, it, no. it's, nice. it's nice to get compliments. Really? Right? <laughs> I mean, if, if you don't admit that, then you're lying to yourself. Facts. Facts. And, you know, you are, your images, you know, you are one of the most photogenic Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to keep it 100. You know why? Because no, listen, listen, I'm about to turn your face as red as your hair. Listen, OK, <laughs> so your images, because you have I've, you're you're a writer who a female writer. I don't even like saying that you're a writer that when you're, you are all I always see you properly geared up. When you are like in a T-shirt or something like that, it makes sense. Like you're either in your garage or you're working on the bike. So it, it makes sense. Your apparel fits your, you know, what you're what you're doing at the time. But there's something about you know how to look at the camera. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You have this twinkle in your eye and it's almost like a, just a little bit of a grin. You know, when you go full cheese, you know, all right? <laughs> but you have this look that you do. It's like a three-quarter half grin with an almost wink. 
And that's shut. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I have no idea you what you're lie. talking about. You lie. You lie. <laughs> and that's and that's the those are the ones I'm like when I see them. I'm like, damn, go ahead, Ray. You doing the damn thing? You do exactly what you was doing. All right. <laughs> but that's the difference. Like you're being. I don't want to say sexy in 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 a in a in that way. I'm saying right. you're being. You're playing to the camera without being gratuitous. You're not, you're just being you. It comes across as organic. It comes across as organic. And I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that you can relay that data. You can make me, you know, you can make me appreciate a photo with all your clothes on. And that's becomes about you as a rider and the motorcycle. And that's the connection. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. But I think that's the connection that a lot of people is we're going to I want to start talking about social media. I think that a lot of people feel that in order to get from point A to point Z, wherever they're trying to get to, that they need to. uh, You mentioned how they present themselves. Mm -hmm. If they're doing it for the ride or if they're doing it for the likes, because there's a difference. Right. Um, and I feel that some people who are doing it for the likes are completely missing the point. Like they feel like this is this is the this is the program that I have to subscribe to if I want to get to where I want to get to. And honestly, for me, it doesn't work. And I'm saying that as somebody in the industry who, you know, has, you know, as a, as a magazine owner and publisher, mm-hmm. it just doesn't do it for me. But what are, you got into social media? You mentioned Instagram kind of before it really kind of exploded. Yes. So, and I know that you probably figured out all the damn algorithms and you're probably up uh. when they change the hashtag code and all kinds of stuff. But how do you find your, your, your rhythm? Cause you have a rhythm. Like I, I like, you'll post, <laughs> look, you will post something and like, I'll go to comment on it. And by the time it's like, maybe like two or three people have commented, but by the time I go to post my comment, there's like a thousand comments. Well, how the hell did that just happen? What, 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 what happened? You what? know, it's funny you mentioned that it's, it's actually surprisingly, I, I don't know what's been happening in the last year. You know, I may have, I may have figured something out in the beginning, but it seems like in the last year, I feel like my feed has been throttled a lot. Mm. I I definitely don't even get half as many likes as I used to on photos. Um, the could've interaction just isn't there. I'm sorry. I said could have fooled me. You get it, a lot. <laughs> yeah, but believe me, like looking at the numbers and the the uh, the um, the Innocent. statistics and everything. It's definitely dropped, and you know I'm hearing it from from even my my followers that have been with me for for years. They're saying, "Oh, your photos aren't showing up in my feed," and I've been digging around. and And Instagram is such a bizarre, fickle thing. Like I, it's funny you said I, I kind of figured something out, but it changes. You know, it yeah. social media changes constantly. You have to be on top of it. And I think, you know, it's funny going back to what you said how how people want to be perceived and, and, um, to get from point A to wherever they're going, you know, where did that all start? That likes were so important. Right. And, and it's, it's gotten to, to the point for me where, where I would say years ago, yes, that mattered. It was, like I said, it was a social experiment. What can I do here to appeal to people without selling my soul to the devil? Because, mm-hmm. 
if you know me, you're you're always going to get honesty out of me, whether it's nice or not. <laughs> that's the way sidebar sidebar. You are that's you are brutally honest, you know, and, and but you do it in such a nice way that you're very nice with your it's brutal, but it's nice. Well, honesty can be brutal sometimes, you know, and a lot of times I, I get taken for for ver- being very naive um, because I I am nice. I, I, and, and the thing for me is I, you know, I want to be nice to people. Why? Why not be nice to people? But, you you know, you have to give me a reason repeatedly for me not to be nice to somebody. What was that? <laughs> but, what was it? Roadhouse? When, uh, oh, Mr. Quaid, he passed away. Not Randy Quaid, that was his brother. Uh, was it? No, it was the Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze was in Roadhouse. And he told the bouncer, because he was the head bouncer at this place. And he goes, you be nice until it's time not, not to be nice. And that's pretty <laughs> that's right. much, that's it. That's the theory. That's, it. that's the theory. So your honesty, do, do you attribute it? Do you attribute so let me ask you a better question. What would you attribute to your success? Honesty. I mean, in, in all honesty. In honesty. all honesty. <laughs> That's so cliche. No, I'm, you know, I, I don't have a problem admitting that I don't know something, that I'm naive about something. I'm constantly learning and embracing this sport. I love everything about it. And it's, I really feel like a little kid on Christmas morning, like just eyes wide open and grinning smile. Like there's just so it's crazy. The more I learn about the sport, the more I realize how much I don't know and how much more there is to grasp. And to me, that is amazing. It's beautiful. It actually gives me something to do and focus on and to look forward to. And I think that's why my outlook is the way it is. Um, organically, I'm just learning. I'm here just like everyone else. I've just turned it into a hobby, a passion, whatever you want to call it. It just greatly interests me. So you're, you're, you're inspirational. And I'm saying that from a place of knowing a lot of people, you're inspirational, your approach and your appreciation, your approach and your appreciation for how you move through our universe it's very cool to be in a room with you because no, no and i'm being i'm being 100 percent as as black moses is you know someone who is on your level and regardless of whether you realize it or not you're on a certain level and your level does not dictate how approachable you are you i've seen you embrace people that are I'm going to say starstruck when they see you <laughs> which is so wild it's, I know me. I'm I'm just a normal person but that's like what's every- <laughs> great it's like it's like you're you're in the the cool kids club without the attitude or the drama you and that's what you know I, we're going to I want to quickly shift into talking about being an ambassador and an influencer but you really are an ambassador for our sport and our culture because of your approach and your appreciation. It's amazing. I've, I've, I've seen people like gush 
male and female <laughs> oh over you. Like we've been in, you know, in in, in a GP uh, paddock walking around, and oh my god, oh my god, it's Redfield, oh my god, you know, and, so it's, and, and and that was a guy <laughs> doing that for you. So like it's. It's very entertaining to be in a room with you because anything can happen. But obviously, it's your response, how you respond to, we won't, let's not call them fans because fans are short for fanatics and that could be psychotic. Let's just call them friends. Friends. You know, I like friends. That's what I call people. Friends. You know, friends. So, like, what do you, how do you, as an ambassador, as an influencer, how do you, what's your take on those words? Because some people believe it or not, are not fans of that. Oh, uh, yeah. So what do you, what's your Especially lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Influencer has been catching heat. Ambassador has been catching heat. And it's turned up a little bit of late. What's your take on that? Why? Is it hate? Is it shade? Is it jealousy? What's the deal? Um, It's, it's a little bit of everything, but I think... Well, I think the the biggest issue right now that I see with the social media influencer is that everyone and their mother has jumped on the bandwagon and is doing it. And I think it's watered down the system, so to say. Not that what the brand ambassadors are doing is wrong or, 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 you know, any different than what they were doing. I just think there's a lot of us and I think the general public that who we are advertising to is sick and tired of seeing us. If, it's if almost, it's, so al- it's almost <laughs> like how many people are running for the democratic, <laughs> not right. to get political, but there's like 30 people running to be the democratic nomination. Yeah. And, and I mean, if I see another ad for, you know, a bike cleaner, I might <laughs> hang myself and here I am doing the same thing. So but you with were, that said, you I were here first situation. Yeah. But you were here first though. And I, and that's, and, and, and you know what? Oh, I should, it's not to say I shouldn't say that, but there, I think there is a certain level of seniority. You know, there's a lot of, as you said, a new kids on the block. Okay, without the right stuff. See what I just did there. <laughs> Thank you very much. Just, just take a moment, let that marinate. Okay, there's <laughs> a bunch of new kids on the block, and they don't have the right stuff. That's a Black Moses signature oh, moment. <laughs> that was great. I'm so glad this is being recorded. Um, <laughs> Boston. I know. That's right? why I do that in there. That's what that's what I do. I do that. Okay. You do your homework. I try. Thank you. Um <laughs> Okay. So I'll tell you. I'll you know, going back to the the influencer thing, I'll tell you when when I was approached, this this was something that I actually gave a lot of thought to and and I was very worried about, especially when I first started doing this, like I want to say my, my very first, um, big, uh, company that I, I started with doing influencing for was Dainese. Uh, Dainese actually reached out to me, which, which blew my mind and invited me to be, uh, their brand ambassador for North America. I found out that before that they'd actually been watching me for uh, either a year, a little bit over a year, and seeing how I present myself on social media, what what I post, how I post it, how I write, you know, so they were they were watching me closely, um, and and it was really cool that they reached out to me after after such a long time. And actually, let me back up a little bit. 
I want to say a good year and a half before that, I reached out to them asking them, why is there no gear for women? I mean, Mm -hmm. I literally fired off an email of shut up and take my money. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm like, I am ready. I have about four girlfriends here that ride. We need gear. We want what the guys have. Why don't you have that for us? So that, so I I may have gotten on their radar like that, (laughs) Mm. but but it's funny, you know, after after all that and through again, through social media, you know, recognition on there, they reached out to me. But when I got the ambassadorship with them and I started getting gear, I started getting custom leathers made actually because I couldn't fit into anything off the shelf that they were making at the time. You know, so they were super kind to me and made me some leathers, um, you know, were sending me expensive helmets and all this stuff. And and all the while. I am a complete and total noob to this riding thing. Just getting in a track days, like I don't know my ass from my face, right? right. And and here I am getting all of these expensive things and reviewing them and talking about them. And I'm not an idiot, you know. I I felt bad. I'm like, there are racers out there that are killing it, that are amazing, and are getting no support. But some chick over here is, is getting all this attention, you know? And then of course that comes with, Oh, cause you're a girl. Oh, oh, cause you have boobs, you're pretty, whatever. And, and, you know, I'm like, you know what? You're right. I'm sure some of that. Has to do with it because, I mean, it, it's in true. all honesty, honesty. In all honesty, I mean, women do get a lot more attention than men, you know, but I, that though, that type of negative feedback that I was getting from, from people and, and believe it or not, it wasn't a lot of people. It, it was just a, you know, select small group, which was less than I had anticipated, you know, but I, I got to thinking about it and I'm like, well, that I think also inspired me to push on forward and keep learning and seeing how can I become a better ambassador for this sport, for these brands that I'm, um, you know, representing and all this stuff that I'm reviewing. Like I have to learn this stuff so that I know what I'm talking about. I don't want to be blowing smoke up people's ass and I don't want to just be a pretty face, you know? So that, that kind of pushed me forward to it. And, and I approached the, my companies, you know, with that, like, well, where do I fit into the scheme of things in, in the motorsports industry? And they, they actually came back with something that really like blew my mind. And it was something that I didn't even really consider because I was so new to it. But you can give this stuff to a racer, but I think the general public, the people that are on the level that I am, that, you know, that is, are just starting out riding or the consumer, the consumer, the, the, the people that are make up the majority of the motorcycle population. What we call the end user. Yes. Right. The end user <laughs> wants is more attracted to what another end user is saying than what a professional is saying. Right. Not, not to say that they're not, you know, willing to learn from the professional because God knows I know a ton of people and that's all I want to learn from are from the professionals. But I think it was easier for, for companies to reach out to regular people to sell products on social media to other regular people. So I think people, a lot of people at that point, really mistook that, you know, marketing and how all this stuff works. Yes, there's racer um, ambassador programs and sponsorships, and then there's marketing. And that's a completely different budget, completely different uh, um, system 
you know, that, that we go through. And that's kind of where brand ambassadors fit. So, you know, for the longest time, I remember I was feeling guilty that I was getting all these things and I didn't deserve them. You know, and I still kind of feel like that till this day, mm. <laughs> but, but I've em- embraced that and, and, and I want to do, you know, that I've been given this opportunity and it allows me to do what I love to do, which is ride. Cause in the end, that's all I want to do. You know, that's, that's the, not to cut you off, but I think you just, you hit on something that's really important. You talk about, and that's the difference between someone who has, you have skin in the game, as the saying goes. You are, you, you've educated yourself on, on the products of the companies that you work with. So you can properly represent these companies and you can properly influence other end users. I think that, I think maybe the word brand, the term brand, brand ambassador and influencer, I think a truer form of the word would be spokesperson. I like that. Because you're, rep- right. you know, you're, you're, you're a spokesperson because you, you're, you have a job to do. You're right. It's not just look at me. I have X amount of followers and right. I get X amount of likes. It is, I am a person who is educated and I realized through my education, I have influence, but I want to do something for the company that I believe in. It's the, you're right. not, you know, you're not, you're not really selling anything. Like you, I don't see you as selling anything. I see you as speaking your truth. These well, are then probably, I'm doing my job. And that, right? and, and that, but see, that's my point. That's my point. You're doing your job without hitting somebody over the head. You know, and and in for like you know, you're not laying it on thick. That's the word, the term. You're not laying it on thick. You're just doing you. You're doing your ride. You're wearing the gear that you believe in, that you would be wearing. I think, I believe you'd be wearing, Danese, whether you were working with them or not. Accurate? Absolutely. Okay, then. And that's my point. That's the point that I'm making of there's a difference between the people who just got here. Maybe they sure. they haven't been here long enough to realize that that's what the game, that's the longevity it's about the relationship and about the overall experience, not the, I just got here. I got a lot of people that follow me and people are paying attention to what I, what, to what I do and how I do it. What can you do for me? It's flip-flop. What can I do for you? That's how I believe it should be. Yep. I, I love that point of view. I mean, in all honesty, it's, you know, the, the companies that I work with, I work with them because I believe in their products 100%. It's I. It is a pleasure for me to work with these guys. Let's and talk about them. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's who who you working with? Tell the people who you working with. I, I wait. Wait. Let me see. Let me see if I can name them. All right. All right. right. Danese. Yes. AGV. Yes. Pirelli. Yes. Motul. Mm-hmm. Ah, the break. The breaks are. are is it SBS breaking? SBS. Yo, yeah. that was the one I wasn't sure about. <laughs> Um, uh, let me think, let me think, let me think. Uh, zero gravity. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. And there's, there's one more that's a, that's kind of prominent. I, I, I'm pulling a blank. Help me out. Um, I do a lot with ride rich actually. Okay. They were, they were, a, a big beginner for me. It's, it's funny actually ride rich was, was a small t-shirt company at the time and they were my first 
first people that reached out to me. So good, good, you know, good on them. Good on Ride Rich. And they're huge right now. So they're out in Canada. So I'm, I've, I actually have them to think for, a, for quite a bit of exposure when, when I was, you know, when nobody knew who I was on social media. They would um, consider your day ones. Your day yeah. ones. Yes. <laughs> you know, and they still send me so much love. So I'm always, I, I'm, I'll be forever grateful. And they're great guys too. So um, <laughs> some other ones that I work with uh, is Sport Bike Track Time. They've been amazing to me. I actually have them to thank for all of, all my riding abilities. Each one of their coaches has worked with me and, or I should say I've tortured each and every one of them. <laughs> um, I'm like their biggest problem child. So, uh, you know, 129 photos, they, they're a great photography company that come out and shoot all of us. And I, I actually kind of work with them. I do stuff for them as well. So it's, it's a lot of fun and I'll help them out sometimes. So it's, it's become, there's quite a few that, you know, And the most amazing thing is all of these companies enable me to do what I love to do. So Mm. I wouldn't be here without their support, Um, just like a racer wouldn't be able to race their races without their factory support, you know, team and everything. It's, it's honestly, it's funny. It's the same for me. You know, I don't have all these funds for all these things and these guys provide me, uh, the things and the time and the experiences to, to get better at what I do and enjoy it. So I love super it. Grateful. <laughs> I love it. Listen, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but you know, it, and you've, it, it, it's, we could, we could keep talking. We could keep, and I, <laughs> I'm going to have you back um, because, you know, I feel like I know we're just scratching the surface with with you. Um, you're you're. I consider you a friend. I consider you a fa- you, you know like of me. course family. You know we family. Um, it, but we've reached the part of the show where you know we we call it the Super Bowl, <laughs> in which we have a couple of rapid fire questions. Some people call them blind items. We will call it the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, yeah. So typically I will ask my guest three questions. Okay. I'm going to ask you four. I'm going to ask you four. Okay. (laughs) No pressure. No pressure at all. Are you ready for the Super Bowl? (gasps) Sure. Okay. Here we go. Tupac or Biggie? Biggie. Any particular reason? I have found his tunes catchier and I could dance. I could white girl dance to it a little better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that might be the best answer ever as to why as to why Biggie because you can white dance white girl dance to Biggie more than you can to Tupac okay alright moving on <laughs> moving on new kids on the block or new edition oh 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 new yeah. kids on the block <laughs> you're going with new kids yeah. Really? You know, yeah. I could see that. I could, with the previous answer, white girl dancing, new kids on the... Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Track, canyons, or street? Oh, that's easy. Track all day, every day. If I could, I would. Okay. <laughs> kind, of figured that, kind of figured that that was a, a no-brainer. That's easy. <laughs> Final question. If you could take a ride... With anyone alive, no longer with us, uh, 
fictional, uh, non-fictional, uh, biblical, mythological, who would you take that ride with? What would you ride and where would you ride to? Oh, Alan, that's easy. Really? Am, wait, wait, yeah. Paul, you said that's easy? That's yeah. supposed to be the tough one. I lost a friend last year, um, Matthew Cohen, and I would love to ride with him one more time. Wow. On, uh, on, we, he actually is the one who pushed me to, to learn to ride my little Z125 properly, and we pushed each other on, and, and he actually died on the mountain I ride on all the time, and doing exactly what we did every weekend. So I'd love to go for one more ride with him up there. Wow. Reds, that, <laughs> that is, I can see why that's easy. I can see nope. why <laughs> that's an easy answer. Um, wow. That's a beautiful, that's a, that's a beautiful, uh, beautiful answer. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for your loss. It, you know, it's okay. It happens. We, each and every one of us in this sport has, and will continue to lose friends and, and loved ones to this. So I've, it, it's crazy to me because I, I don't think my, I don't think my mom realized how serious I was about the sport until she saw the carnage around us and, you know, crashing and when things got serious and, and we still do it, you know, we still, you just can't not do it when it's the only thing that makes you feel alive. Yeah. So. I've, I've often, I've often said that writing is, writing is the, the only way that man was meant to fly without leaving yeah. the yes. ground. And, uh, you know, Red, you don't have me tearing up on my show, damn it. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't have, don't have Black Moses getting misty-eyed on my own damn show. You got me uh, all misty-eyed. We, are, we will be misty-eyed together. All right. Um, but... <laughs> Red, I, you know, I, I, you know, you're, you're my friend, my family. I, I, w w when we text each other, I call you my dear because you are mm -hmm. my dear friend and I got nothing but love for you. And I appreciate, I, as I said before, I appreciate your approach and your appreciation of this life that we live. And I am the, our motorcycle world is a better place because you're in it. I love you. I absolutely, you. I absolutely adore you. I oh love you. Oh my gosh. I'm so flattered. I don't even know what to say. Seriously. Look, look I'm going to put it like this. Barbara Walters ain't got nothing on Black no. Roses. <laughs> Barbara Walters, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Listen, is there anybody that you would like to give a shout out to, say thanks to? I really want to take say a shout out to my husband. Thanks for putting up with me and shout out to Big Steve. So much because my God, the amount of stupid questions that I come up with to him and constantly ask him, oh, can you do this or can you loosen that? Because my feeble little hands can't. <laughs> oh, that poor man he has to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, and he's a lovely man as well. He's a great human being, uh, you know, and he's, you know, I'm going to have to tell Steve that he, his, his slot is coming up to be a guest on Life in the Fast Lane sooner than later. Uh, anybody else you want to say hi to or shout out? I just want to say thank you to, to all my sponsors, you know, for, for again, putting up with me and, and taking such great care of me. Um, Alan, thank you. you you've been, you've been such a support from day one. I mean, gosh, I still remember meeting you for, you know, in real life. Yeah. For the first time. <laughs> so, you know, 
know, such a character and yeah. always so it's it's crazy. I, I I will always hang on to that one photo I captured of you smiling. Oh my god. I think you have that's like a rarity, like it any is. It not, is. That many of, not that many of Help those floating around. Over that day. Oh. <laughs> Pigs were flying. It was crazy. <laughs> smile. And you have a beautiful smile. Aww. So thank you for blessing us with it. Anytime. Anytime. Listen, uh, just tell the good folks who are listening, if they don't know where they can follow you and keep up with all of your adventures on social media. So you can find me on Instagram simply at Red Spade. Or on Facebook, I also have a page of Red Spade Racing, which the racing part is my husband right now. He's the one that races, not me. I do all the photography and just an avid track day addict. So I, I do want to be clear about that. However, I do have plans mm. for the future. You never know. It is, it is my absolute bucket list to, to be on the grid. I have gridded up a few times and I have never felt more alive. So... Absolutely, absolutely love it. Hey, I'm going to let you go. Uh, thank you. Thank you for hanging out with your boy. And uh, this was a great yeah. conversation. Gosh, it was a pleasure. Thank you. It's always great hearing from you, too. Do me a favor. Text me that picture that you have of me. I might post it. I might post it. Oh, you, know what, you know what? Let me see it first. And if and if it's Black Moses approved, you, you can post it if you haven't already. I think I did. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> then let it be where it is. Let it lie. Yeah, it's buried somewhere. Uh, Red, uh, I love you. I will see you soon. We'll talk soon. You're awesome. Love you. Hey, man. Thank you so much. Have a great one. That's our show for this week. Once again, I want to say thank you to Red Spade. Anna, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with your boy, Mr. Black Moses. Thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Please follow the show on Instagram at Life in the Fast Lane Official, on Twitter at LITFL Official, and on Facebook, you can find us at Life in the Fast Lane Podcast. Please hit that like, hit that share, hit that subscribe button. I'll be right back here next Friday with an all new episode of Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. I'm going. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles and DJ Eakin, news and political pundits like Law and Crime Network's Vincent Hill, and independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com. 